Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me. I'm SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual conversation with other passion and hobby podcasters to share their experience, enthusiasm, joy, and knowledge of podcasting. Better Podcasting is a project that was started by Stephen John Drew and myself in 2015 to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcasts and make their existing projects better. That's why we came up with the name Better Podcasting. It is our hope that bringing on new voices from hobby and passion podcasting spaces with alternative points of view will help others just as much as listening to Stephen and myself. In that light, I want to thank very much Johannes from the Movie Mistrial podcast for joining me in the previous chat. You can check him and his co-host Raji out at moviemistrial.com. Now, if it's the first time tuning in to a better podcasting show, to help demonstrate what a hobby or passion podcast is, for the next few moments, I'm going to talk about my passion, which is space. We'll start by talking about SpaceX. SpaceX flew the first ever Starship full stack, the biggest rocket ever, on Thursday, April 20th, 2023. The flight lasted about four minutes, well past the scheduled main engine cutoff time of two minutes and some odd seconds, but it was ultimately terminated due to a lack of controlled flight. It was a testament to Starship's design that it flew despite obvious damage created by exploding and flying concrete that damaged the rocket, the launch pad, some of the launch infrastructure, dozens of remote cameras, and a singular remote camera van. While SpaceX does have more rockets ready to fly right now, a thorough examination of the flight data, coupled with launch system improvements and repair, will have to happen first. Elon Musk, who is the CEO of SpaceX, has given the optimistic timeline of one to two months to return to flight. However, past analysis of Elon's predictions have proven a multiplication factor of four should be applied to give a realistic timeline. Also, the FAA will have to review the flight and give its approval for a second launch. Despite the failure, the stated goal was to not completely destroy Starship Stage Zero or the launch infrastructure, which was accomplished. So, success. And, I might add, it was a heck of a show. So, hobby podcasters all podcast from a passion, just like I did, because we emphasize the fun, passion, and dedication to podcasting. Now, for the next hour, I'm chatting with a hobby podcaster that's held seasonal tournaments where they decide which fictional character wins and which fictional character goes home. Jay Davis has been the host of Super Bracket Bros since 2019 with a podcast that uses a fun and engaging premise to investigate and discuss fictional characters from a wide variety of media. Jay, along with his co-host Eli, make the best attempts to fulfill the child within you by answering the age-old question of who will win. They perform deep dives into characters from all across fiction and add them into a March Madness style bracket to determine who is the best of the best. Welcome to the chat, Jay. Hello, SP. I am super happy to be here today and to make your acquaintance and talk about some podcasting. I'm super excited. I'm always excited to talk about podcasting. So thank you for joining me. So let's start off with talking about 
describing what Super Bracket Bros podcast is to you. Yeah, absolutely. So Super Bracket Bros has been going since 2019, where we, as you said, we take fictional characters, we put them in a tournament, and it's a seasonal format. So usually it's been 32 characters every single season, and each episode in that season is a single fight in that tournament. And so we go battle by battle, determining who is truly the best of the best. We've had theme tournaments, so season four, our most recent season, we had all gun characters. So we had John Wick, Red Hood from the comics, we had the Punisher, we even had the entire crew from GTA 5 in there as well. That's what we do, we break it down piece by piece, and you know, it's a lot of fun. We get to nerd out about a lot of our favorite characters of all time. We don't shy away from any type of media, whether that is video games, whether that's TV, whether that's movies, whether that's a character from a live play podcast. We've done that before, too. We've done that twice, actually. We don't shy away from the minutia, the most abstract characters, you know, but we don't shy away from the big ones either. You know, we're not afraid to tackle anybody too big, anybody too famous or anything like that either. But yeah, we're four seasons in. We're in between seasons right now and season five is coming up in about a month from now so super excited well since you've done podcasters right i assume you've done myself and steven on better podcasting and i'm i'm just curious who won between the two of us well see it was a little difficult because unfortunately i couldn't find any stats online you know that's one key part of the process is there's the great resources out there for a lot of these characters but unfortunately you know height weight striking power durability those things i couldn't find readily available so we had to scratch that episode but maybe i can hook up with you guys later and you can give me the deets and then we can we can throw an episode out there about it <laughs> i look forward to that so stats are coming your way perfect <laughs> So you've done this to have fun. What inspired mm -hmm. you to start podcasting? Specifically, podcasting started with my co-host, Eli. Super Bracket Bros is my baby. I take care of it. I host it. I do a lot of the heavy lifting for it. And me and Eli, we've found a really good groove as to who takes care of what on the show. He is a fantastic co-host. He helps facilitate the conversation in ways that I personally could. But he actually started me on podcasting, despite the fact that this is my thing now and I love podcasting. Eli was the first one to introduce me. Specifically, he introduced me to the McElroy brothers, where I fell in love with my brother, my brother and me, and the Adventure Zone. And I just didn't know that you could have fun podcasting. <laughs> you know, like I, everything that I knew before I ran into the McElroy brothers was educational murder stories politics religion and none of those things interested me so i thought i wasn't interested in podcasts until i understood what you could do with the medium storytelling wise humor wise fun wise all of that was just incredible to me and so after that i fell in love with it and then combined with my own love of brackets i decided i can do this this is well within like my capabilities and so i went out and did it but eli's the one that got me started on podcasts which i'm obviously eternally thankful for 
How do you deal with the betting sites try to come in and influence who wins? You know, we get a lot of calls. <laughs> we, we, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people trying to sway us this way and that way. But we got to shut it out. You know, we got to remain as professional as possible, you know, especially now, you know, season four. We've got burgeoning Patreon. We've got listeners from all over the world. You know, we're just huge success, obviously. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we got to we got to deal with the well, we got to deal with the pressure. And, and me and Eli, we're, we're going we're going with the punches. But maybe you need an oversight committee to make sure that there are no biases. That's a good idea. I will have to look into that because, you know, I call myself the bracketologist. I like to set up the brackets and, you know, watch the dominoes fall. But maybe that's a, a good idea in the future. As soon as I'm able to pay myself by doing this, then maybe <laughs> I can look at, you know, hiring an oversight committee. That's a, it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How have you improved your podcasting since you started? My podcasting, I mean, it's night and day. When I first started, it was me and Eli in the same room in front of a Blue Yeti snowball, and it was awful. Uh, the quality was pretty terrible. We were on the same track, so I couldn't edit properly. Not that I would have known how to edit properly at that time. Anyways, it was all a learning process from the very beginning, but every piece of advice that I had read up until the point when I started was just do it. So I just did it. Which means that we have some pretty rough episodes in the first season. And that's okay. You know, at least from my perspective, like, I'm glad that we grew. And, you know, I can tell people, like, if you want the full picture, the first season is there. There's some interesting, you know, it's still funny, I think. You know, there's still some good bits and some interesting characters that we talked about at that time as well that I think people could get a kick out of. But we're certainly, I'm not. That's not the first thing. I don't say you have to start Super Bracket Bros from the beginning. You know, I recommend you start at the beginning of three, four, or even the upcoming season. If you're not a listener yet, you know, season five would be my first recommendation. But I'm actually kind of curious, you know, what what is your thought process on like keeping old, not top tier quality episodes in the backlog? Do you recommend usually keeping those or do you, you nix them once you have improved? I go through this all the time with uh, my show, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I scratch my head on whether I should have the first few episodes out there or not. Quite frankly, they're not of the current crew or of me. I took over the show, I believe, at about episode 14 or something like that. So I'm always like wondering, should I make the first few episodes available? One reason why I struggle with that is because they are explicit and we are a non-explicit show. I've toyed with the idea of going back and editing them and, and bleeping out all the stuff that they said that would be considered not safe for work and making them available. The other thing that I routinely recommend to people that kind of ask the same question, at least I offer it as an option, is you can go into if you have a normal podcast media post like mm. Buzzsprout or Spotify for podcasters, I was going to say Spotify for Anchor, still adjusting yeah. to the name change that just happened a couple of weeks ago, or Podbean or any like anything like that. You can go into the post and you can change it to draft mode. And if you change it to draft mode, you're not getting rid of the episode. You can republish it with the same date that it originally published. 
And in, this was more a couple of years ago before they all started increasing their data. But some of them had a limited amount of data. Some of the podcast media hosts had a limited amount of data that you could upload every month. One of the things was, well, if I take it off, then I'm going to have to re-upload it later. And it's going to count against my data. This when it, it's still in your back catalog because the podcast media hosts that do this, they keep an unlimited back catalog, or most of them do anyway. And all you had to have to do is change it from unpublished to published. That way you can keep them around. So if you ever do start like a crowdfunding thing, like a Patreon or whatever, you can make one level so that they have access to that. And then you can create a, a specific RSS feed through Patreon or whatever crowdfunding that you're using that can create RSS feeds to have those around. So really, it's up to you how you want to handle it. If you do get rid of like the first season or the first second seasons too, I, I have no idea what you want to do. But if you do get rid of some episodes, I would then publish a episode zero or an episode one stating, okay, this is where we're at right now. We're going to jump into season three. The first couple of seasons weren't up to the quality that we are now. And we don't want to give you anything that we're not proud of right now. So there you go. And then just give them an expectation. You know, tell them what the show is and who you are, introduce yourselves, whatever, and then just go into the next season so that they're not caught cold. A new listener that goes back to the first episode isn't caught cold. That said, most people that listen to podcasts don't go back to the first episode. They just literally start from where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And then go forward. So it's really up to you what you want to do. There's no one answer there. There's no, this is the way to do it. It's really how you feel. And if you go into your stats, you can see if people are still listening to those episodes. And then if they drop off and they never come back to another episode, you can see that in your stats. I don't know. What's your podcast media host that you use? We use Buzzsprout, the first one that you mentioned, actually. Yeah. But yeah, so I've, I've used that feature before where you can unpublish an episode and then re-upload something. So I have done that before. Specifically, I did do it with our trailer episode, the one that shows up because that one was just it was just simply outdated after a little while. So I've replaced that several times. So it maintains the same statistics. So it still says, you know, X amount of downloads. But I know that's not true for like the new version, but I still want people to be directed towards that episode. So I've done a similar thing to what you're talking about before, for sure. Yeah. So it's a way to deal with it. I'm not saying it's the, the singular way to do it. Another, another podcaster has just wiped the first, I want to say eight episodes. I think he said eight episodes of a show and they are gone forever. He's even deleted the episodes. They are just gone. And he wants to make sure nobody ever hears them again. And I kept telling him at the time, I'm like, dude, you should keep them around because at some point in time, you can make a little money off of it or a little thank you to your patrons at a certain level or, you know, your audience. Hey, you know, if you've been with me so long, here you go. Here's the first eight episodes. Yeah, I would not tend to delete anything, but some people just want to get rid of stuff. So. Yeah, no, the only thing I, I do have a Patreon actually for Super Bracket Bros, and I have posted old. Well, it's not an episode, but me and Eli, we recorded two like test episodes that didn't get posted. 
one, the very first one has been lost to time. Unfortunately, I don't know where it went. I don't know where the file is, but it was just recorded on a laptop microphone. So it's not very good. But now that I've been doing this for three and a half years, I would like to just listen to it for like historical purposes, I guess. But uh, the second one, the second test episode, I do have, and that that was the first one of the first things I posted on the Patreon was just to give any new patrons just a little taste of where we came from, even more so than season one. You know, this predates that even by at least a few months, and so that is one thing I, I have implemented, and I think is a really good idea. I don't know if I would ever nix season one or however many episodes and put it on the patreon but it's an interesting thought if i want to like maintain an image so to speak but because what i find posting super bracket bros is because we have a lot of different characters and the episode titles are the character names right so occasionally when that character is a new movie a new show something has come out i'll get an email from buzzsprout at the end of the week and say this episode was your second most listened to episode this week. And I'll be like, wow, that was from a really long time ago. And I'll realize just understanding pop culture that, and understanding SEO, right? That that's most likely why. So those episodes do occasionally get a few listens. Another thing that I've done on the Starling Tribune podcast, which was a podcast on the Arrow TV show over on the CW network, is we actually just re recorded the episodes. And then we took bits and pieces of the original recording and we used them as bonus audio afterwards, you know, did the end credits and then there was post credit scenes or bonus audio, whatever you want to call it. We kept those there and the relevant parts of the original recording were from the original crew of that podcast were kept in there as well. So there's just a variety of different ways you can do it. You can re-record you can change out the file if you use the same file name you're going to be able to change out the file and you shouldn't lose any stats and i can't think of any of the podcast media hosts that that would occur that you would lose stats if you change out the file but i think most of them are just change out the file name with the exact same file name which can get really confusing because you don't know which file you're actually uploading right and if the correct file has uploaded, so you got to go back in and you got to make sure that it's the same length or the same data amount or something like that. But that is another way to handle it too. Like I said, there are a variety of different ways to do it. It's just, it's really up to you how you want to handle it and what's best for you and your audience. Yeah. One thing, and this is sort of tangential, but one, one thing that I listened to Maximum Fun, which is the podcast network that the McElroy brothers are on, that all their shows are on. So it's their version of like a, a Patreon. You get access to special episodes. And one of the episodes that the McElroy brothers did, which led to complete chaos, and I, I don't know if I would ever do it on the main feed, but is a fantastic Patreon idea, is they redid an episode, but they switched to places. So they got the entire script of the episode, but the brothers all just shifted over. So you just read the part <laughs> of a brother. So I would love to, at some point, do an episode with Eli and have me read all of Eli's parts and Eli reading all of my parts just for the chaos, just for the uh, hilarity that would ensue. 
that's an idea I've got in my back pocket for a, a Patreon episode someday. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty neat. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't really work on better podcasting because we don't know which parts of the script that we're going to read off of or the show notes that we're going to highlight. We just go mm-hmm. back and forth. There are some parts in our show notes where we're like, I have to read it or Steven has to read it. But for the most part, it's up for grabs. And that's, that's pretty oh, cool for us. Yeah. What it would be is I would run it through like a descriptor. I would get a transcript of the episode and clean it up however necessary. And then just go through copy and paste Jay and Eli throughout the entire script. And then we just read off of that. So not necessarily we wouldn't know what we're going to be saying either. We have to remember what we said three years ago or what the other person said three years ago. Do you actually have a Descript subscription? I don't. I've lightly tested it out trying to do this idea. I pumped an episode into it to get the transcript. It did okay. I've had to do a lot of cleaning up. I'm not finished yet. It's a project that I put down a little while ago and I haven't gone back to it, but it did okay. But it needs a lot of work still until it's actually like a readable script or something that I would post. Yeah, there's a capability out there that was promoted on the R podcasting subreddit and it was free for use. And as long as I guess they don't get hit too much, but it's with the, I forget which engine it is, but it's a transcripting engine that's just available for free. And the capability, the website is called rev old iv or rev com. i'll put it the link in the chat and it is basically a free to use thing you throw your file in there and it gives you a transcription you can also use it descript wise to edit i haven't used it that way i've just used it for this transcript so i don't know how long this is going to be available so anything free on the internet you're like okay so how is this possible if you start to get enough hits to it, it's going to overcome its hosting and that sort of thing. So you got to watch out for that. But this is available right now, so you can go ahead and use it. If you already have the original transcript that like you're cleaning up from Descript, then you have everything that this is going to give you. And you still will have to clean it up. The thing that I remember using that was great from Descript is that you can turn on the who is talking at one point in time, which is really cool. This capability doesn't do that. It takes out the crutch words, like the ums and stuff like that, but it doesn't tell you who is speaking when. Gotcha. Yeah, that is one thing that was nice about the script. So the episode that I chose, I chose it because the quality wasn't great. And so I would like to, and I just did it on like a free trial. So like, I think like an hour a month or something like that to be able to try it out. And that's what I did. And so I, I would like to try it on a quality episode just to see what the results are but yeah it did its best as far as like identifying who was speaking when and it did a pretty good job of that and i and i liked it but i'm curious to check out i mean curious to check out anything that's free which is why i liked zencaster um but uh you know they went the way of the paid subscription which i don't blame them they got good service so you know more power to them but just speaking of things that were free on the internet that aren't free anymore there's a couple of things that are still free. Let me go back to Descript for a second, though. One thing, one sure. trick that I learned for it to better identify different speakers, and it works really well if there's just two speakers versus more people speaking, that is, not actual you know speakers. But it is if you 
take the file and if you have the original one and everybody is on their own tracks and you have it out as a stereo file and you pan one person all the way to one side and the other person all the way to the other side, mm. it makes it easier for it to identify who is speaking. It starts to break down a little bit if you have three or more speakers because you're going to have at least two people on one side of the track, like left or right, right? So, but it is a pretty cool way to go about it. And if you ever use Descript again and you need to differentiate at least two people, it is a way to do it. That's a really smart idea. I will definitely try that the next time that I use it. Yeah, that's a future future Patreon idea that we got cooking. But also, I would like to have a transcript of the episodes. You know, just I think it would be nice to have on hand. Yeah, and it's allegedly good for SEO. For hobby podcasters, we generally don't say go do it because it is a lot of time and effort to put into it, as you are discovering right now, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I would say, I mean, Super Bracket Bros doesn't even have a proper website right now. So it would be, it's multiple steps down the line to be able to get a transcript. Once, if we had a website and we had dedicated posts to each one, I would like to have a transcript just as, especially like, I don't know, I, I think about it accessibility wise, but we don't have a really a, a big enough audience to be able to start putting money towards something like that. Like you said, it's a hobby podcast. It's not, you know, my main source of income. Otherwise, it would be a, a no brainer to make it more SEO friendly, more accessible. All those things I think are important. But again, hobby podcast. Yeah, limited time, limited amount of money. Mm-hmm. What gear do you currently use? You said you started out with a blue snowball, but what do you guys use now? Yeah, that did not last long. Uh, that I think we use that for a single recording. Right now, I've got a Samson Q2U that I use for my microphone. It has been very rock solid for me since I got it. I want to say probably three years ago at this point. I've been really enjoying it. It's not the most amazing mic, but it was pretty incredible bang for your buck. And I recommended it for my co-host as well. And I actually have two Samson Q2Us. Yeah, so we bought three collectively and they've lasted us a long time. So that's what we're working with microphone-wise. Nice. I know that there's a Samsung Q2U is kind of the cream of the crop of like the $50 to $70 XLR USB microphone. Exactly. Uh, There's getting to be more and more of a competition around the $100 mark. The Samsung Q9U is about $100 (laughs) right now. Is more of a broadcast dynamic microphone, but it is Mm -hmm. XLR and USB. And then the Shure MV7 is also a combination of uh, the xlr and the usb the mv7x is only xlr but you're getting more and more of these microphones including the new rode n1a i believe it is is coming out and it is usb it's 32-bit float usb and xlr but it is a condenser microphone so a lot of the same problems that you had with your blue snowball you would have with that one as well just because Mm -hmm. you're not recording in a treated space you're not recording with uh, treatment in mind, basically. You're going to get a lot of reverb right. and that sort of thing. So, yeah, totally can uh, understand that. Yeah. All right. So you're both on a Q2U. How do you record? Or, yeah, Q2U. How do you record? Yep. <laughs> uh, how do we record? Right now, if it's just me and Eli, which it's happening less and less these days, but when it's a patreon episode it's just us two 
we just hop on a Discord call with each other and then we record our tracks locally via Audacity. So that's like the most bare bones way. We were using Zencaster. Zencaster became a paid service basically the same time that we jumped when we finished season four. So I am currently in the market for a new software, new website to be able to record our episodes. But I always use a backup recording. I always record via Audacity. Right now, maybe you've heard of this. I'm looking into CleanFeed as a potential option for recording. But I don't know if you always use StreamYard, though. I've used StreamYard uh, for a lot of reasons, one of which is my upload bandwidth has been miserably small Mm. until, well, this week, hopefully. I get, uh, I have broadband cable, and until this week, I had no other option. My other option was DSL or satellite, and I'm not going to do either of those because the broadband cable is actually better when you consider the upload speed and the speed of the download. They have, over the last couple of years, put fiber in my neighborhood, and Mm. in a couple of days, I will have fiber here and that will be one or two gig symmetric i'm going to start out with one gig and we'll see about two gig symmetric that will mean that i can use this other option that i was just going to tell you about which is free but it does take a lot of upload bandwidth because you're going to be sending a video out to multiple sites you're going to be streaming it to somewhere that you want to record it as a backup even if it's to a youtube channel that's private and you could use it for another option like Twitch or you know whatever social media that you want it to go out on as well. Mm-hmm. The connection capability is called VDO as in Victor Dog Oscar dot Ninja. That is the video connection, and that is a private thing. It's free. It's actually donationware. The guy Steve, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he put that together specifically so that people could connect without having to pay for services like CleanFeed or worse yet, use Skype. A lot of people are using Skype because it was free. And there was this gigantic hiss. Every time that we've used it over the last few years, we got out of it as soon as Video Ninja was available. So that is what we use to connect. And then we combine it using either OBS lately or in the past we've used XSplit, which is a paid service. But OBS does everything that you would need XSplit to do, and OBS is free. Open broadcaster software, right? It's open. Mm-hmm. It's free. So those two combine, use the connection, and then use the video switching and recording software. That's what OBS is, recording software. Mm-hmm. Together is a free option. The thing I said about streaming it somewhere private for backup, that is your fair warning that something could go wrong with your computer. And you would lose your recording, but if you had send it out, at least you would have the one track. The other thing that I would recommend to a lot of people to use is a hardware recorder. We're big on backups with hardware recorder on better podcasting. You don't have to do it this way, but it is definitely something that is beneficial and has saved many, many, many a podcast for many people. Different options include the Zoom P4 pod track P4. It's about 150 mm-hmm. bucks. So it's not really all that much. It does have some limitations. It's 16 bit and it is uh, 44.1 hertz. 
But I would look into the specs on that Q2U. I believe the USB specs are the very same. I think it's 16-bit and 44.1 hertz. So you're not actually losing anything by using it for the Q2U. If you want to go up in price, there's the Tascam MixCast 4, the Rodecaster Pro, the Rodecaster Pro 2. And now, just last week, Rode announced the Rodecaster Duo which is a slightly cheaper version of the Roadcaster Pro. It is two channels. The Roadcaster Pro 2 is, I still believe, $699. The Duo is $499. So you're reducing the price by $200, but you're kind of halving the capability. I think it's priced mm-hmm. a little bit high, but they think they've got a market for it. So I think it'll go on sale at some point in time. But until then, the... Zoom PodTrack P4 is an incredible little Swiss Army knife. You can actually have people phone in and you can connect your phone via Bluetooth to it and you can go back and forth to that. Mm-hmm. You can connect another device to use a soundboard with, like an iPad or whatever. You can go into the either the Bluetooth or you can connect the hardwire into one of the four channels on it. So it's really a versatile thing to do. And the more and more you do this and the more and more episodes you end up losing to either internet connections or power spikes or whatever, you just, you learn to be a little bit over OCD on backups and stuff like that. So that's why I tend to like give all the options, but Mm -hmm. if you just wanted a free way to connect, that's rock solid and a free way to record. That's pretty solid. I would say video ninja and OBS are the ways to go. It'll be a little learning intensive for you, but in the end, it'll be pretty neat for you to use and you'll be able to have video clips that you can throw out as promo and you don't have to use the video, but it's there. But it exists, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fairly familiar with OBS. I only used it for a few videos that exclusively went up on the Patreon of me playing a few different video games. Me and Eli did a series where we played through Portal 2 together and we threw it up on the Patreon. And so like I'm mildly familiar with OBS. So I definitely like would be willing to like work through that because I had to work through a few YouTube tutorials on how to use it. But I like it. It definitely seems like a good software. I'm interested to check out what Video Ninja is the other VDO.ninja. VDO.ninja. I'll definitely check that out too, because yeah, I'm I'm looking at options right now. And I knew this conversation was going to come up based off of the past episodes I've watched of yours about backups. And I 100% recognize that I am towing a line by not having a lot of backup options. And the other thing I want to make abundantly clear is that I don't, when I'm recording like an episode or via call, whether that's Discord, I've never used Skype before. You know, it's all like I even Zencaster. I don't use the audio that Zencaster records. You know, uh, I pretty much only work with other podcasters, so it's all people that are very familiar with their own setups. So it's almost always I I give them a Google Drive. They send me their local files because that creates the best quality audio. And I usually find that it's pretty simple to sync those up as long as you know everybody was you know, uh, about the same time, even then you can usually find the, you know, where, where it lines up. But so that's usually how I work, but I've never lost uh, an episode or, or a recording besides like 
the one that I told you about, like my very first one. And I almost hate that you made me bring it up because I feel like it's going to happen the very next time <laughs> I go to record. Um, but, you know, I, I do. I appreciate it. And that's one thing that I have been looking at actually for a, a, a different project is getting a Zoom or getting some sort of like recording device to have with me and also be able to take on the go specifically, you know, out into the world as well. That's something that I've been looking at picking up. So I appreciate the recommendations. Yeah, you bet. If you ever podcast in person with anybody, it's definitely a virtual thing. You need a microphone for every person, but you can mm-hmm. get every person on their own track. There's going to give if you're podcasting in the same room, of course, there's going to be bleed in between, even if you're using dynamic cardio microphones, but at least you're going to get a strong signal for each. And then you can, it's editing intensive, but you can go in and silence everybody else's mic when somebody else is talking. Unless there's overspeak, in which case you're going to get some bleed through there. But yeah, it's uh, an amazing little capability. I think all hobby podcasters should have one just because you never know where you're going to want to record or who you're going to want to record with, as you just said. Yeah, no, we for I have another podcast called The Ultimate Sports Mashup that is coming to a close. We recently recorded our finale episode and me and my co-host Cam on that on that show. We recorded in person, and I was able to do that by picking up a Zoom from the library. Okay. I was able to rent one from there, and we plugged our XLRs in and recorded that way. And we we were pretty careful about not talking over each other, and I've been editing it just today, actually. I was looking at it, and it it hasn't been so bad, you know, silencing the other parts. And not that you can really hear it too much either, you know. We had our mics, you know, with other sides of the room and make sure that, like, the space made sense and it turned out pretty well. And also you know, the thing that we're doing, you know, has like background noise throughout the entire, you know, that I'm interjecting into it. So there is that as well. That makes it sound pretty good. So, but yeah, so I'm, I'm getting more familiar and getting into that space and looking forward to doing more things in person. Hopefully. Yeah. You can hide a lot of audio flaws with background music and background audience. You can. Yes. I don't tend to do that, but yes, you you can definitely hide some stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you could have told yourself one thing to make it easier when you started podcasting, and I I think if I remember the tea leaves right, it was around 2019, right? So when you started in about 2019 or was it before that? 2019. Yep. Okay. If you could have told yourself one thing, maybe in 2018 or early 2019, before you started podcasting to make it easier to podcast, what would you have told yourself? I think it would have been that uh, just setting different expectations about what I was going to get out of it. Me and Eli, we actually recently did something for the, uh, I feel like I keep plugging my Patreon, but it's just, that's what I'm working on right now between seasons. So I, I promise I'm not trying to plug it. But me and Eli, we went back and listened to a bunch of things that ended up on the cutting room floor from old seasons. So I had saved a bunch of random clips and we listened to them together um, and reacted to them. It was a great time. But one of the things was there was actually a pretty interesting conversation that we had about podcasting and about why I was podcasting. And one of the things that would have been early 2020, Jay mentioned in one of those clips was that uh, an attitude about podcasting that I don't agree with today. And it was about just 
completely like self-fulfillment through creating brackets and designing the battles that we do and basically hyper producing it at some point. And it's not really a sentiment I agree with now. So I think I would go back and say, like, that's not what you're going to get out of the show. What you're going to get out of the show is connection, because that's the thing that I found most valuable about Super Bracket Bros is we set a goal last season to have a guest on every single episode. We almost succeeded. We missed it by one single episode. And that's what I want to do is, you know, connect with people. And, and I want to facilitate a conversation for those people to be able to talk about one, for those people to have fun, but then two, to talk about, you know, the characters they love, why they made a difference in their life, what makes them cool, why other people should also be interested in those characters. So I would say I would give myself a chance to refocus and do that from the start. And it would be hard. It would be pretty difficult just to dive right into that from episode one, season one. In some ways, I think we had to go through season one completely by ourselves to get to where we are. But yeah, I think just the reframing of what I'm going to get and where to invest my time in podcasting. You mentioned something in that whole thing about fun. And it's something that Stephen and I talk about all the time is as a hobby podcaster, especially you need to have fun while you're podcasting. We would actually say, doesn't matter if it's a hobby podcast or not you should be having fun it sounds like you agree with that that fun should be in podcasting 100 percent, yeah that's probably if i had to pick one core value of super bracket bros it is to have fun we love talking about the characters we love dissecting them and figuring out what makes them tick and what makes them cool why do people like them you know or what makes them not so great or not so popular or you know, sometimes we get into, you know, why is this character kind of problematic? You know, we have lots of different conversations and we're not afraid to get into those conversations. But at the end of the day, we want to have fun with these characters and this, you know, as cheesy as the saying is, the theater of the mind, right? You know, that that's what we're trying to engage with. And that's what we're trying to engage in people is their imagination of what could happen if these two characters met and, you know, inevitably fought each other, you know, because that would be cool. You know, so yeah, no fun is at the core of what we do at Super Bracket Bros. And that's why I think there are some people that bounce off of our podcast because they're expecting something that's nitty gritty, that's into the math and the statistics and the things things that I mentioned at the top of the show, like striking power and things like that. And of course, we want to get it right with who inevitably wins. And that's important to us, but it's not the number one thing. We aren't a debate show. We aren't going to get into, we're not going to take one panel from one comic that came out in the 1960s to indicate exactly how strong this character is. You know, that's not what we're going to do. We're, we're going to talk about these characters, you know, as they are today or, you know, from a specific time period. And I don't know, we're just not going to get into bullet velocity or anything like that. That's just not who we are. That's not the core of who we are. There are other shows that do do that. You know, there is a other podcast that you can go to for a more debate style to get into the nitty gritty with these characters and like the statistics and, and we don't like bloodlust our characters either. That's a conversation you see a lot in these who would win discussions is, you know, oh, it's it's Trevor Belmont from Castlevania, but we're assuming he's bloodlusted as in like he doesn't care about the things he normally cares about. But taking that away from a character doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Fun is very much at the core of what we do. 
You also mentioned something else right there, theater of the mind. And mm. audio provides the podcasting audio. And if you do podcasting in your show and your definition of a show is video, that's fine. But for the most part, we're just going to go to the assumption that podcasting is mainly audio. It doesn't have to be, but we're just going to do that assumption right now. And using the audio as a medium to tell a story and to put somebody in a frame of mind is something that I think you're interested in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that audio is super powerful. And I think it's it's not for everybody, right? You know, there are people that just bounce off of podcasting, period. And I get that. But I think for those that can engage with the audio medium and can engage with it in their imagination, I think our, our show is perfect for that. And I think that it is a really... I think it's a great storytelling medium. I love audiobooks these days. You know, if you get the right narrator, if you get the right person in your ear telling you that story, you can elevate that story much more than I can get by reading it in a book. You know, the the possibilities of the audio medium are endless. And especially one, you know, you have the lower production side of things, which Super Bracket Bros tends to be on the lower end. You know, we throw in some music, but other than that, we don't do a lot of sound effects. I did try to do that at one point during season three as we got towards the end of the season. I was throwing in sound effects of like swords getting unsheathed or whips being cracked or, you know, that sort of thing. And I had a lot of fun with it. It was so time consuming. It was truly a lot of time and effort to put into it. But with stopping Ultimate Sports Mashup, that's sort of like one of the things that I would like to bring back into the show is a few more sound effects to engage that theater of the mind do a little bit of the heavy lifting for those that aren't concentrating on the show as much as i am because that's the other thing that you have to think about with podcasting is a lot of people do podcasts on the side or while they're doing another thing and so you know if you can which i would like to do a little bit of that heavy lifting on the imagination side then i would like to um so that's definitely something that we think about a lot on the show this has nothing to do with soundscaping, but just to give you an idea of how much time is involved in podcasting, in case somebody out there is, is wondering, I recently stepped in for 10 episodes on another podcast to cover Picard season three. There's a lot of reasons why I did it, and it was mainly to help out a couple of friends because they had some terrible stuff happen in their lives and they couldn't, one of them couldn't actually produce the show for a couple of months. So I said, Hey, I'll, I'll step in and I'll do it. And they said, Thank you very much. So, I was doing it. One of the things that I did is I brought in the element of a previously on. And when you do a previously on on a podcast that runs for like 10 episodes, just 10 episodes. I mean, you and I both have done obviously podcasts with hundreds of episodes, but this was just 10 episodes. I would have to go back and even using transcripts, I would have to go back and like listen really fast to all the episodes and cut out the specific things that pertain to the specific episode that we were talking about this week and that ended up taking the bulk of a day and a half of doing producing the previous evening on before we recorded so picard came out at 3 a.m eastern time on thursday we recorded at 8 p.m on friday so as soon as it came out thursday morning i would watch it and then i would immediately roll into the previously on for the next day and a half every waking moment that i had that was not related to work was dedicated to the previously on. And most of the time, I finished them the hour before 
we actually went to podcast. That's the type of time intensive stuff that occurs with the previously on. And I know from personal past experience that soundscaping or adding in those sound effects and stuff like that does take a lot of time. So yes, it's well worth it in the final product, but the amount of time that goes into it, I don't think your audience really realizes how much time that you spend producing the show before you actually publish it. SP, you've unlocked a memory for me that I completely forgot that we did, but we did that at, in season one is so how the show is structured to give you a little bit of context is we have, you know, round of 32 to the round of 16, et cetera, you know, how tournaments work. but what we do on the show is that once a character makes it to the next round, we say that they get the film on their opponent, right? But only from the tournament. So if you have Black Widow versus Juliana Blake, for example, and you know Black Widow gets to see before she goes into the fight all the fights Juliana has been in in the tournament. You know we we do the theater of the mind. You know we imagine that she gets a little pad, you know iPad in front of her where she gets to view the fights. What I used to do is I used to go back into old episodes and cut into you know, the most important parts of the episode and then bring them back to that part of the show. You know, this would all be after the fact and I would grab the most important parts of the parts that we ended up highlighting during the episode and I would cut them up and, and bring them into the, <laughs> the, the, the next episode that the character was on. And so that was, that was a lot of work. I completely forgot that I did that and there's a very good reason that we we stopped doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's useful. It's even useful for yourselves as you're preparing for the episode, but dang, just all the time that goes into it. And that's on top of the time that you're spending getting ready for the next episode and doing the, you know, the background on the characters, recording, mm -hmm. publishing, promoting and everything. It's just an added extra element onto the whole thing that just, it takes a lot of time, but it's fun. And, the, and you push through it because it's fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> I loved doing it and I loved how it sounded after I created it, but I just couldn't do it consistently or like consistently do it up to the quality that I thought it should be and could be when I did do it well. Because just because I take eight hours in one day to do it well doesn't mean I can take eight hours every single week. It's just not possible. Nope. So you mentioned that you had a lot of guests on your show and you're making those connections like one other podcaster at a time, right? Steven mm -hmm. and I talk about one of the things about hobby podcasting that can benefit is you create a community or it's the basis of a community or something like that. It sounds like you're kind of doing that, but you're doing it one person at a time. Would you say that's an accurate description? Yeah, I would say my like, connection journey has been an interesting one the first like real connection i made was thanks to buzzsprout our provider one year in 2020 before covid hit right like moments in the grand scheme of things before covid hit they paid for me and my co-host to go to podfest in orlando where we sort of made our first connections and we met a lot of really cool people there but the only people that really mattered is one day we were headed out of the event and we spotted from across the conference room. There were a couple guys that had a video game podcast t-shirts on 
at the time they were level playing field and we eyeballed them from across the room and made our way over there and introduced ourselves. And we only chatted in person for about 10 minutes, but now they've evolved to your friendly neighborhood gamers, still a video game podcast, and they're some of our closest collaborators. And so with them and a few others that we regularly connect with, you know, as soon as they make a connection, I've made a connection too. So that, that's kind of how I see it. But then, yes, also I connect with somebody new and then they have more connections for me. You know, I can say, hey, you know, have you ever have you ever ran into somebody that really loves Godzilla? Because I'm going to be talking about Godzilla next season. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. And it's nice to have an in and not just say, hey, come on my show. I want to interview you. It's, hey, come on my show. I want you to talk about a thing that you already love. And also Godzilla is going to be fighting unit 01 from neon genesis you know well whatever it might be you know we want to come up with a cool prompt and i think that helps a lot with because i also do cold emails you know um we got to we had the terminator on this last season the c800 and i'm pretty sure we got the only active terminator podcast on the internet right now to come on our show <laughs> um and we, that was just a, a cold email we just emailed them and said we see you're putting out episodes, which is more than any other Terminator podcast I'm finding right now. Do you want to come on our show and, and talk some T-800? And they did. And so very occasionally, it's it's cold emails, too. Well, I know an Australian who is very into the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So if you ever stray into that, oh, he, I can yeah. link you up with him. That's what the podcast is doing right now is they're, they're, re- they're reviewing the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's all, all they're going through. So maybe I'll, I'll send you a link after this to, to pass on because he be interested in an active podcast reviewing the sarah connor chronicles yeah he he does a podcast called on the bubble which reviews shows tv shows that have gone through a fan campaign to save them and sarah mm-hmm. connor chronicles was one of his favorite and while it was unsuccessful he did go through that his name's josh josh liston the other thing that are you really looking for somebody to talk about Godzilla? Because I know somebody that would love to talk about Godzilla, or maybe that's past already. That is not past yet. Our upcoming season, season five is all kaijus. So we've got, I've got somebody for you. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. This is exactly what I'm hoping for. You know, we've got Godzilla, we've got Kong, we've got, you know, gypsy danger from Pacific Rim. We've got calamity Ganon from legend of Zelda. We've got, Fury Bowser from Bowser's Fury, the Mario game. You know, we, they're huge. They are in this tournament. Um, so, yeah, if you've got connections, uh, I'd be more than happy to hear it. I do. I do. Okay. So let's start wrapping up here and let's start talking about you've been podcasting for four years now. And in those four years, you probably had a lot of treasured moments. And if you were to pick one, it doesn't have to be your favorite one, but if you were to pick one, kind of favorite or best moment over those past four years to deal with your podcast endeavors, what would it be? I think it's all the people that show out for the finales. I think that our show is one that is easy to pop in and out of to see a favorite character and to pop in or a character that you're interested in and listen to that episode, but not necessarily hang on for an entire season. But when we put out the call, to have people send in clips for who they think is going to win in a finale episode. We did that for season three and four. Those have been my favorite episodes where we get to hear from all of our friends, all of our podcasting cohorts and 
they get to express their opinion and it's always touching to hear from them and to hear the kind words about the season and even if you know usually at the end it, it's happens three and four meaning that are usually down on ourselves you know by the time the season comes around for one reason or another this last season just simply took too long and we were kind of down on it by the end of it but then to to hear the uplifting words of the other people around us that listened to it that were a part of it, it always very touching so yeah the finale episodes are always special you know i know it's you know the most arguably one of the more important episodes of the season so it may be cheesing the answer a little bit but yeah the finales it's what about 32 episodes a season exactly yep yeah we have 32 episodes including a, a third place match oh yeah consolation and uh growing up in hockey playing hockey in minnesota we called that the toilet bowl that's what we call it too we call it the yeah. toilet bowl that's amazing yeah no uh yeah that was born out of yeah we i don't i don't remember how we got here but we we, you know, we imagine a location for every single fight and every third place match takes place in a toilet store oh, because it's the toilet bowl. <laughs> so that's, that's incredible great. that you mentioned that. So you went to PodFest. That's interesting. Is there anything about mm-hmm. the podcasting infrastructure or the industry of podcasting that you'd like to see changed? I mean, I want more podcasts that are like mine, not necessarily mine to be more popular, but I just think that the, I think that the world can do itself a favor by listening to more podcasts that not necessarily all cheery and positive but that aren't about the doom and gloom or not about murder mysteries or i think there's a place for that but if that consumes your brain every single commute of every single day i think that can affect you and i think that there should be more room in the podcasting sphere for fun podcasts for hobby podcasts and you know a little less room for ones that are just trying to sell you something or just trying to get you to click on a link or you know that kind of thing it just it's kind of it not disheartening is a strong word but yeah i i would like to see more room for hobby podcasts because like i said i went to podfest i met one other hobby podcast and i think it's tough as a hobby podcaster like find your space but um i i would just i would like to see more space made for us i have entire episodes on the better podcasting main show devoted to professional podcasting conferences and my thoughts so i won't go into extreme depths here but basically the standard answer i would say is if you're going to spend thousands of dollars to attend because if you didn't get the free trip right you would have had to spend uh, money on airfare, hotels, food, and the conference badges themselves. At the time, PodFest was probably running probably $2,000, $2,500 to attend PodFest, something along those lines. That money can be better spent dedicated to improving your gear, improving your software, get a consultant to come on board and, and help you with your show. Maybe hire somebody to do some soundscaping for you, something like that. For a hobby podcaster, we think that would probably be beneficial. You did say you made one connection, and that's the one pro or the one positive things that comes out of these conferences is the personal connections you can make. At an industry conference, it's mostly dedicated to professional podcasters 
and people that are podcasting for their full-time job and that sort of stuff. So they're trying to make links that they can use to increase their advertising and stuff like that. It's not really meant for the hobbyist. So that's, that's why we say stay home and uh, do some other things, but there are benefits. And, and maybe in your case, go to a local convention that uh, is just like a geek convention that you could go to yep. and uh, make connections there. Maybe have a booth for people to drop by stuff like that. I think that would be more beneficial to you. In my opinion, other hobby podcasters depends upon their niche, but that's just our general opinion on professional podcast conferences. Yeah, I think one thing, and I, I heard you have the same sentiment when you talked to Joey from Mappable Chat, who's a good friend of mine. And one, I we went to Podfest. One, we got our ticket paid for. The ticket probably would have been two hundred dollars each, I think, at the time for both of us. Like so, four hundred dollar mm-hmm. total. But we got down there from Madison, Wisconsin, on pretty cheap flights. We stayed at Airbnb. I think total we did spend probably less than $500 between the two of us. So like, I think you can do it on a budget. I would say like early on, there are quite a few things that you can like learn because there was a decent amount that was catered to like new podcasters. And, and I can provide a frame of reference. I went to Podfest again in 2023. Yeah. I went this year, which seems like forever ago at this point, but I went there to hang out with the same people I met the first time I went there to finally meet them in person and we got free tickets again. So it was purely just a way to facilitate us getting to hang out in person again. And I had to really, really go out and try to find some meaning out of PodFest this time. I would say like if you're in your first year of podcasting, it might be worth it. But take into account all the things that SP just said. But I would say, you know, if you're a couple years in, this is that exactly what you said is what I'm looking at doing is finding a local geek convention and going there to make connections to meet people. Because that's one thing where I'm struggling right now is, yeah, my entire sphere, which I, I love the people that are in my sphere, that are in my bubble, is all podcasters. You know, I don't have any connections outside of, you know, it's nobody that doesn't do a podcast and so like at some point if my hobby podcast is super bracket rose continues i would love to be able to interview voice actors to do things like that or you know just actors or creators or writers because we're talking about all these characters and these people you know are out there and they're accessible but you just have to make the right connections a podcast that i want to emulate at some point in the future called the wait for it podcast who i'm really close with Bill and Eric, who are fantastic. They're going to a lot of different cons in Florida where they are meeting people. They recently had an episode where they interviewed the cast of Aliens at a con down there. And uh, it was a, a fantastic episode, a fantastic opportunity. So like, that's kind of the thing where like, I want to get a Zoom. I want to be on the go and I want to be talking to people. And even if it's just fans, you know, I want to be able to make those connections and new connections. So yeah, but that's a lot to say that I kind of agree with you, but yeah, I think there's a lot of nuance there. One thing that sets PodFest separate from a lot of the other professional podcast conferences, it's on the weekend. Yeah. And it's not during the week. You don't, I, yeah, I only had to take one day off of work to be able to go to PodFest. So I guess that, that is another key element. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast movement, podcast evolutions. I could list various different ones. It's generally during the week. 
NAB, which is not a podcast specific conference, but a lot of podcasters go to that. It's all during the week and it's meant for professionals. It's a professional yeah. convention conference, whatever. So yeah, it's going to be during work hours for them. So yeah, it sets it aside differently a little bit, but going to a, a normal convention, there's stuff that just happens that you wouldn't get at a podcast conference. Like there was the one time that I actually met Stan Lee, which I wouldn't have done if I didn't go to the conference. So yeah, it's all that, that sort of stuff. All right. There are, if you have another couple of minutes, there are some comments from the live chat that have been in there for the last hour that I'd like to go through. You, you got a, a few more minutes. I'm game. Absolutely. And unfortunately, the first one is for me. Matthew Bliss said that close <laughs> shave. This episode brought to you by Manscaped. LOL. He's talking about my lack of beard. On April 1st every year, I do shave my beard off due to allergies. Mm. It comes back in the fall, but it, for the summer, it's gone. So, yes, Matthew, I'm sorry it was gone. You've got a big fan over there with Affable Chat. Many comments like the Super Bracket Bros is best and stuff like that, but Affable Chat is in there. So, that's all cool. Liberty Dude came in and said SpaceX digs basement level. That's in reference to Starship digging underneath the launch structure that it uh, had. So, yes, Liberty, yep. I got you there. And uh, yeah, they're going to have to fix that before they launch again. <laughs> he asked the question, would you redo the show and then replace? And we kind of discussed that before. Do you have anything else to add on that? No, I don't think so. I think that's an interesting concept. Uh, I guess kind of something similar that we've done is we took season one, we took the whole bracket and we reduced it to a single episode and we remixed it. So we changed up the seating of the characters and we redid it. I don't know if we would ever verbatim redo it. Uh, I think that would be a bit too much work for where we're at. And I think it would take away from the genuineness of it, the authenticness. So, yeah, I don't think we would ever just straight redo it. Okay, Phil Smith came in and he said Super Bracket Bros is one of the best shows out there. Wait for it, podcast? Yep. Phil, you haven't listened to better podcasting. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, now now he will. So, yeah, he's on board. Right. <laughs> uh, Matthew Bliss said, it's true. Jay, let me nurse Juliana Blake from Deathloop through the entirety of the last season. I, I did. Yeah. Juliana Blake made it very far. I mean, she was a lot stronger than I, I thought she was going into the season. Matt had a lot to be able to stand on. Juliana Blake was one of the most fun characters to talk about last season, for sure. Liberty Dude says, is there a bracket concept you really want to do, but haven't figured out how to pull it off yet? So I did eyeball this comment earlier, and... There is a few concepts that I would like to do, but I think I've got pretty good grasp or a pretty good idea of how to go about them. I think most of the like alternate like structure wise of a bracket, you know, we've thought about like doing a loser's bracket, you know, like where each character that loses moves on or do, you know, doing different things with buys and different things like that. But I don't think we would ever stray away from like the core concept of a bracket for a main season. I think that's more like bonus episode territory. I think one of the other things that I guess I'm kind of still toying with in my mind is how to do multiple contestants in a single fight. So like if we had a bracket where each fight consisted of three different characters, how would that work? How would advancement look like? That kind of thing. The other idea, I guess this is one idea that I really haven't figured out, is I would love to simulate a battle royale 
type of scenario with a bunch of different characters, but I truly have no idea how I would engage that concept. That's going to take quite a bit of tinkering, but I would like to do a sort of a battle royale at some point rather than just one-off battles. Be almost like a, a playthrough podcast where you have different people actually taking on each characters and then you like really speed it up in post. So mm -hmm. instead of taking hours and hours as the playthrough, it would take an hour or whatever your normal episode length is. Maybe. I don't know. That's a suggestion. It's your podcast, man. You do what you want. Yeah, exactly. Which we've uh we we've maybe a little sneak preview of future seasons. We've that's probably the idea that we've globbed onto the most of potentially doing is turning it into a live play podcast with the tabletop system. So that's something that you know we have going in the back of our brains as well for future possibilities. So it's it's a good idea, SP. Yeah, and both affable chat say power to the hobby podcasters and Liberty Dude says hobby like a pro. So thank you guys. Appreciate you. Matthew Blitz came in and said, running a day-long convention SBB bracket would be epic. Yep. This is exactly what I would do if I got a booth at a con is I would just run a bracket. Whether it is, uh, maybe it would have to be a bracket. It's Super Bracket Bros. Of course, it would be a bracket. You know, I was thinking like we could just do one-off fights and things like that, but it would be a day-long bracket. I would love to like, you know, like first two hours of the day just like have voting booths up like you can vote on all the first round matchups and then you come by again in an hour and you put in all the second round matchups and slowly through the day you it would be a great way to keep people engaged too. like keep, people keep coming back to see the results so yeah that i've toyed with this idea a lot so thanks matt yeah it's a good one you could join it up with social media and weight the social media appropriately because they're not there in person but they still get to participate and stuff like that i'll let you make up the rules <laughs> thank you i appreciate that sp <laughs> and then also we had affable chat say jay what is your favorite bracket in sports nba playoffs nfl playoffs march madness what's your favorite bracket there is a right answer here by the way it's march madness um by... wrong oh wrong. no it's the wrong. ncaa frozen four Oh, geez. No, it's March Madness. It's basketball. No basketball is my favorite way. sport by quite a Just margin. Because it's your favorite sport doesn't mean it's the best. Well, okay. Then tell, tell me why the Frozen Four is better than March Madness, the most iconic sporting event in the history of mankind. <laughs> because in the Frozen Four, it's legal to hit each other. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I've seen some. It, just because it's illegal to hit somebody doesn't make it any worse. You know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking with March Madness. I love All basketball. Right. I love the, the tournament has only gotten better as I've gotten older as well. You know, I love that anybody can win these days. I love 16 seeds ruining my bracket. I'm all about it. So March Madness wins by a wide margin for me personally. <laughs> Did you watch it on the, the special stream with the four games at a time this past year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do every year. Yeah, well, it it's better than what it was when I was in high school. I was I had a laptop. I had a computer up. I had two TVs. You know, I had to, like, do it manually. And now, you know, the streaming sites are ahead of me. You know, they can they, they can do it they, better than I ever could. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Jay, thank you very much for joining me for a chat on podcasting. If somebody is interested in this concept of Super Bracket Pro, 
or they just want to know more about the great Jay Davis, where would they go? So you're going to find us on all major podcasting platforms. So whether that's Spotify, Apple, or anything in between, you're going to be able to find Super Bracket Bros. You can also find us on the social media websites, Instagram and Facebook at Super Bracket Bros. Right now, we are getting ready for season five. Like I said, it's all things kaijus. It's all big, giant characters, the biggest, the baddest of all the multiverse. And right now, how we organize our seating for each tournament is we don't do it. You do it. We send out polls. So you get to decide based on how strong you think each character is on a scale of one to eight. Decide how strong that character is, and that decides the seating of each and every character. And so if there's one thing I'm going to plug, even if you've never listened to Super Bracket Bros before, I would be honored if you took a few minutes of your day to complete this poll. And SP, I'll send you the link afterwards and make sure that it's in the appropriate descriptions. But that is the one thing, uh, the, the one way that you can get on board with Super Bracket Bros and really hit the ground running. But uh, SP, thank you for the time. I really appreciated this conversation. and I really enjoyed myself today. So thank you. I did too. I'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for spending your time with Jay and myself over the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe to the Better Podcasting YouTube channel, like the video, ring that bell. Or if you're listening to the audio version, give Better Podcasting Chats with SP a follow on your podcatcher app of choice. Steven and I would greatly appreciate it. Also, review and rate the show as well. I'd love to hear what you think about this concept. Now, season three of the main Better Podcasting show is well underway if you're a hobby podcaster. This is all about discussing your hobby podcast audience. Check it out at betterpodcasting.com. And currently for this show, there's nobody else on the schedule until June. So if you want to slip in there between now and then for a conversation with me about hobby podcasting, drop me a line on social media, DM, PM. Send me an email, stargatepioneer at betterpodcasting.com, and we will look at a date to have you on the show. In the meantime, you can join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We'll throw the invite at your way, and you can find both Stephen and myself there every day, and more importantly, everybody else talking about hobby podcasting. We're not the only voice there, plenty of other voices as well. If you are a geeky-related podcast, you can consider becoming part of the Gunna Geek Network. You can apply at gunnageek.com slash join. And with that, we'll see everybody next time. Bye.